When might you be buzzed? When you suddenly love everything. You guys, I love this song. I love these nachos. I love our kickball league. Ugh! I love this guy. What's your name? You know what I'd love? A ride when it's time to head out. If you see a buzzed warning sign, call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. I love your car. Is this real leather? You're about to get some information you can actually use. It's what we do here on American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. In over a dozen states, this is really interesting, there is some form of education for kids about media. Yeah, it's called media literacy, and and frankly, that's a term and that's a skill that no one really knew about or thought about even just a decade ago. It is needed, but who should teach it and how should we teach it, and can it be taught in an unbiased way? These are all really important questions. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thanks for making American Viewpoints part of your weekend. First, though, I guess we need to define what media literacy is now, and to do that is Dr. Amber Hinesley. She is an assistant professor of journalism at Texas State University. Amber, great to talk to you again, and media literacy looks like it is going to become part of how we educate young people in one way or another. So what is or what should be the definition of media literacy when it comes to teaching people this skill? Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me on again. You asked about media literacy, and that's one of the big questions that a lot of the states are actually struggling with right now is how to define media literacy. And they have to get that figured out before they can move forward with some of these proposals of bills that they have to actually then create legislation to have media literacy education in K through 12 public schools. You know, at its core, media literacy is about evaluating messages, and particularly on a variety of platforms. And that's the, the basic form you know, of what media literacy is. And so if we think about it in that way, this has been happening in schools you know, from the time that you and I were kids, you know, but we called it fact checking. Mm-hmm. And you know, now we're in, in an era though where you have a multitude of facts that you can find at a, on a variety of platforms. And so, you know, especially for kids, it's about distilling what is an actual fact, uh, you know, versus, I guess, looking at facts in the context of all of the other facts that surround them, because there's so much information available. And how do we sort through that to discover what is truth with a capital T? We've always had, you know, debates over political issues, religious issues, cultural issues, and we are really into an intense war of ideas right now. And in and of itself, that's not a bad thing. I, I I don't mind an intense debate when people feel passionately about things. But when it comes to that truth with a capital T, and I like how you framed that just now, what is objective to many people really depends on your viewpoint. And that seems to me to be one of the obstacles to finding some sort of approach to media literacy that takes into account there are multiple viewpoints on things and, and things that People assume are facts on each side and they disagree on what a fact is. Right. And one of the foundational elements of media literacy is you have to check your emotions and your biases. And in order to do that, you have to be aware that those things exist in the first place. You know, and then when it comes to, into, you know, what is a fact, uh, you know, those, that's where you have to really approach this with a critical thinking aspect. And that's something that's hard to teach. And it's mm-hmm. even harder to legislate but getting people thinking again about the totality of the information that's available. And so weighing, you know, certain facts against other facts and what is an, you know, what is actual truth 
not just because it reinforces what you already believe, but because it is, you know, is it scientifically verified, you know, starting to judge the veracity of information um, is what makes it hard. And that's why it makes legislating media literacy hard as well. Yeah. And part of the, the argument right now is, for instance, uh, Snopes gets criticized by uh, those on the, the center right and the far right a lot, saying they're biased and they're claiming to be fact checking. Obviously, famously, f- Facebook gets criticized a lot by conservatives saying their fact checkers need to be fact checked. And, and that's part of the entire confusion that we have over this. But when we break it down and we're talking about just the concept of media literacy right now, to get through all of that, what are the skills? You mentioned critical thinking, but what would be an example of something that a young person could be taught that is legitimate, that cuts through all the the biases and the the self-fulfilling prophecies that people tend to look for in media on the left and the right? What would be an example of something that a young person could be taught that would be objective and would be unbiased so they can decide for themselves if what they're getting is true. So there's a test that, that's actually used in some different school programs and it kind of humorously is called the CRAAP test, but it's <laughs> C-R-A-A-P. And it, it stands for, you know, the C is for currency. Look at the timeliness. So look at, look at the date, when did this come out? Uh, the R is for relevance. It's look at the importance of, of this information in the context of your needs. Like, is this relevant to your life? Do you need to, to pursue this information? The first A of the CRAAP is authority and looking at what is the source of this information and deciding, do I see this source as a credible source? And then beyond that, asking, why do I see this as a credible source? Again, thinking beyond, does this just reinforce what I already believe? You know, what do other sources say? So looking beyond a single source to do some some personal research and, and other verification. And that that also then ties to the second A of the crap test, which is accuracy and looking at do the facts here, are they presenting multiple sides? Uh, you know, is it it's very easy to cherry pick facts or to have something that is very one sided in its factual presentation and not looking at the totality of information. And so thinking beyond, okay, what's here? Let me, let me take the next step and look at what other sources are reporting. Is what I'm seeing here accurate? And then the last part of that is P. And this is really a, a big part of media literacy is thinking about the purpose. What's the motivation for the source who has shared this information? You know, what, what is this organization or this person's potential bias? Why do they want me to believe what they're saying? So starting with the crap test is a great place for for you to start with kids, especially, but even for adults, it's very relevant. We're visiting with uh, Amber Hinesley, uh, journalism professor at Texas State University. The way that we disseminate and the way we consume information has changed so drastically, really just in the last couple of years. Even young people have to adapt to new stuff very quickly. And we've seen the breakdown in uh, debate, if you can call it that, on the national scale. Why is it so important to each and every one of us that we have those objective, critical thinking, media literacy skills? We live in um, oftentimes what's referred to as echo chambers, especially on social media, where we tend to you know, be friends with people who think like we think. And so you get into the situation where it's, it's an echo chamber and you're only hearing arguments and statements that reflect or agree with what you already believe. Uh, that's, that's human nature. We're kind of drawn to that. 
And so, you know, really thinking beyond that into what else is going on in the world around me, you know, right? It's, it's more than just what I'm seeing here in this, this little bitty bubble that I've created for myself. As we get into how to implement media literacy training, and I found out about this because the state I live in, Missouri, now has a proposal to include this in public school curriculum. And there's a lot of criticism around the country with uh, public schools being biased when it comes to cultural issues or things like that. I'm not asking to comment on whether it is or it isn't, but can and should public schools be the place where media literacy is taught and can it be done in an unbiased manner to the point where it can kind of alleviate the concerns of uh, those particularly on the right who seem to be the most suspicious of public schools? Right, well, I think the, the larger question is what's the danger if we don't? And it's a, it's a far greater danger to have you know, a populace that's, that's uneducated and that doesn't understand how to check the veracity of information that they're presented with. And so, you know, if it's not done in the schools, what is a better place for that? You know, what, what's a better platform? And so in order to get it into the schools, though, in ways that make sense, one of the first places we have to start is thinking about professional development for teachers and giving them the tools and resources to approach this so that they're confident in what they're doing and how they're teaching it so that then they can take that into the classroom and help their students become more confident in identifying disinformation, misinformation in its various forms. Amber, this is so complex. I appreciate you breaking some of these uh, down because there is such a divide where I'm convinced so many people just don't want to hear from anybody who disagrees with them right now. And that goes for the right, that goes for the left across the board. Uh, Are you on social media, web, anywhere people can connect with you to keep up with what you're researching and teaching? Sure, you can find me at, at Amber Hinesley on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for the perspective again, Amber. Thank you. And speaking of that war of ideas, sometimes that involves simply allowing all ideas to be presented, even the bad ones. So just ahead right here in American Viewpoints, we're going to talk about why that matters to everyone, liberal, conservative, libertarian, socialist, or whatever your perspective is. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes, and you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio, you're busy, which is great because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. (laughs) They can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. 